Well, good morning and welcome to Bear Life Church. We want to welcome everyone uh, with us today. If you're a first-time guest, thank you so much for coming. Especially want to welcome our Grayson Campus. Can we do it for our Grayson Campus? Yes. I want to welcome everybody here at the Moorhead campus. In case you don't know, we are one church in two locations. We have a campus here in Moorhead and in Grayson. Also, I want to welcome everybody watching online, especially our new friends in Illinois who watch every single Sunday. Thank you. We got your emails this week, and they're wanting to lead a group uh, in another state. Come on now. Is that not amazing? And so I just want to give a shout out. If you're watching online and you want to be part of what we're doing here, you want to go through one of our groups, let us know, email us, and we will send you a box. Speaking of a box, let me tell you, let me just recap what Connie said. Last week, something happened that's never happened in the history of our church. In the whole history of our church, we have never seen 150 people sign up and say, listen, I'll host a group. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you, you need to go back and watch that because I'm telling you what, this is how we change a region. All the way from Greenup County to Montgomery County to Sayersville to Maysville and all in between. The Lawrence County to, to, to Sandy Hook and all in between. There are people who have decided to host and launch a group. This is amazing. And all of our surrounding counties and all around us. This is how we change a region. And so if you missed last week, you're like, man, I don't want to lead a group. We're not asking to lead. We're asking to host. All you got to do is pick up a box and add your friends to it. Do a little mix. It's amazing. It grows with this great wonder bread. It's awesome. You should check it out. And I mean, and, and if you can do that, I'm going to encourage you to grab a box. If you want to be part of a group, say, man, listen, I don't want to host a group. I don't want to talk to nobody else. I just kind of want to be in one. You can go to our website. love for you to jump and sign up. But I'm telling you what, if we're going to grow larger, we've got to grow smaller. You will not know everyone here at Better Life Church, <clears throat> but you need to know somebody. And that happens when you jump in a group. So I want to encourage you, grab one. Now, grab a box when you leave at both locations. If you want us to mail you one, you're online, listen, we will get you one in your hands. Before we jump into the uh, part three of this series, I just have a little commercial break of what's coming up. In October, we're doing this series called You Asked For It. Now, we've done this a long, long time ago. It's been several, several, several years ago we did this. Because a lot of times I know this, you have questions. And you have questions or or. You may have a comment or like, hey, I, I, have, I had a question about the Bible. I may have a question about God. I have a theological question. Where, where, where does maybe our church stand on a theological position and all this stuff? It's like I've always had these questions, but I never really had the opportunity just to like, you know, just ask what you do. You, all you got to do is email us. But that's another whole story. So we're always accessible. You can ask us at any time you want. But we decided to designate this whole entire series. It's going to be three weeks. And we're going to ask you to submit questions that you would like for us to address. And we're going to tally those questions. You get to preach the sermon. Is that not amazing like this? And we're going to tally up all those questions. And the ones that make it to the top, like the people ask the most, because only it's only going to be three weeks long, we're going to focus on them. So if you want to know how to ask a question, if you want to know how to submit that, it's very easy. You just need to go to betterlife.church forward slash A-S-K, ask. And all you got to do is ask your question. You can put your question, any question you want to know, any question you want to have. You know, like a big one, people say, will we know each other when we get to heaven? Like, will we be like fist bump and say, y'all remember you, man, back in 95? Like, I, I know, will we, will we know? People ask things like that all the time. Is there questions you have? You know, what happened to the dinosaurs? I don't know. Who cares? Let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, with Jesus, it's all about Jesus, right? You know, you may have a question or a theological question. Like, hey, I just always can just want to know this. This is your opportunity to ask because I'm going to talk about what you want me to talk about. So I just really want to encourage you to go to our website, uh, fill that form out, submit that question, and we're going to, the faster you get them, the faster we get to work on your question for you and uh, help you walk through it. So I'm really super excited. People say, does that make you nervous? No. 
Well, what if they ask you a hard question? Then I'm going to say, I don't know. I mean, that's simple, right? I don't know. And so we'll just walk through that. If that intrigues you and you want to be part of it, please jump in and make that happen. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at the person sit beside you. Like, look right at them right now. Just look right at them. Not your second choice on the other side. The first choice, the one you looked at first. Look right at them and say this. Both campuses say, he's coming after you today. Tell them. He's coming after you. You look back at that person. No, 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 no. He coming after you, bro. He coming after you. Coming after you today. The mission of our church. Every church has the same mission. Jesus gave the great commission. No matter what church, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of God, all in between, whatever your denomination, wherever you worship across this world, Jesus gave you us the mission. We don't get to change the mission. We don't get to pick the mission. Jesus gave us the mission. That's to make disciples. He tells us to go into all the world, teach them, help them follow Jesus, and teach them all that he knows so they can become a follower of him. Now, we've taken the Great Commission, and we just made it in our own flavor here at Bear Life Church. And here's the mission of our church. And every church has the same mission. No matter where, you, you could go and worship with our friends in Kenya that are watching. You could go wherever you want to go. Every church on the planet has the same mission, and that's to make disciples, followers of Jesus. So we say here at Bear Life Church like this. Our mission is to help you follow Jesus so you can experience a better life. We get this all from the Great Commission in John 10.10. 10. We marry those two verses together. We're to help you follow Jesus. We think following Jesus looks like this. Following Jesus is just a series of taking a next step. What's your next step to take? Maybe your next step, maybe your step this morning was to show up at church. You took a step to come here for the very first time, and you're a first-time guest. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. It's not as bad as you thought it was, right? It's not as scary as you thought it was. Maybe your next step is like, you know what, I gave my life to Jesus. Or maybe your next step is like, I need to give my life to Jesus. You just take the step towards him. Maybe your next step is, you know what, I, I, I need to uh, jump in a group, or, or I may need to, to serve, or I need to start going after my friends, and get them to a place where they can hear the gospel. And that is like the next step you take. Following Jesus is just a series of taking next steps. And every time you follow Jesus and you take a step towards him, let me tell you what happens. Your faith increases, your perspective increases, and you begin to grow as a Christian when you take steps. When you don't take steps, you stop growing. That just, that's just how it goes. So you take steps towards Jesus. You take steps following Jesus. And we believe John 10, 10 comes to reality. You would experience a full life, the Bible says, an abundant life. We love the message paraphrase, which says a better life than you ever dreamed of as you follow Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, he left being worshipped 24-7. 24-7 he left from being worshipped. And he came to become one of us, to be like us, to live among us, and eventually to die for us. And he says this, for the Son of Man did not come to be served at this time, but I've come to serve others and to give my life as a ransom. Now, we believe that if we're going to follow Jesus, that means we still become like Jesus. If we're going to become like Jesus, we need to act like Jesus, which for all of us, including myself, we have a long way to go, don't we? Because I don't know how many of you threw the remote last night after the ball game. You know what I'm saying? We right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. Right? I mean, we have a long way to go. But that's what this big, fancy, huge theological word in the Bible called sanctification. It's basically where God begins to make us more like his son. And it's okay. God is okay if that takes the rest of our entire life. So God is not in a hurry to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus. But the more I take steps towards Jesus, the more that I follow Jesus, the more that I yield my life to Jesus, the faster, the more I become like him. And one of the ways that we become like Jesus is when we serve. 
Jesus says, I didn't come to be served this time. I've come one of us. I came to serve you and give my life for you. How can we not give our life back in service for him? So I'm not having, this is unapologetically, I'm going to tell you up front what I'm going to ask you to do. Today I'm coming after you because I'm going to ask you to start serving, to serve the church, your church, the body of Christ. Now there's several of you already serving. There's several of you who are not. And for the next few moments, I had 10, so you would be glad I cut them down to five. I'm going to give you five reasons from the Bible why you as a believer, if you're a Christian, that you need to serve. No matter if you're watching online, if you're at one of our locations, you need to serve. And I'm going to give you five reasons why you need to do it. So get your pen, get some paper, take your phone out, write these down. Because I'm going to tell you, show you from the Bible why. And there's thousands of reasons, but I'm going to give you really the top five that I narrowed it down to. The reason why you should serve. So you already know where I'm going with this. And if you leave, we know right now you don't want to serve. That's reason. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I gave you the whole point, right? So here's the point of the message. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. First thing is this. I'm going to go through the first three pretty quick, and then I'm going to spend some time on the last two. So you're going to get your hopes up going, my goodness, he's going fast. We're going to get here on time and get something neat. Now hang tight. We're going to walk through this together. Here's the first one. I was created to serve. I want you to know this. You were created by God to serve. Sin entered into the world, bent us, and now we don't want to serve. We want to be served. Why? Every one of us including your pastor, we're selfish. I want to do what I want to do. We were raised in this world of an entitlement that everything's owed to you, you don't have to work for nothing, that everything should be worshipped around you, everything should be given to you, everything should be free to you. This is the society we're trying to, they're trying to create for us to live in. And that's because sin has warped the world. Jesus says, I want you to serve. I created you to serve. Ephesians 2.10, this is what Paul writes. For we are God's masterpiece. Where is workmanship? I want you to put this image in your mind of a potter and the clay. God makes you as a potter makes the clay and shapes it and, and designs it the way it wants. And even if it's the same, it's never the same. A person who spins the wheel and makes pottery knows this. Never one, two is ever the, exactly the same. So it's like a masterpiece on this potter, on the wheel, and you're the clay, and he's making you, and he's forming you, and he's shaping you, and he's got a purpose and a plan to use you. He has, watch this, don't miss this, created. He created me and created us in a new in Christ, to be new in Christ. Now I can't blame my sin anymore and my sinful nature because now I've been saved. I'm a new creation in Christ. And yes, my flesh weighs war against the spirit, but I have the power of the spirit to overcome my flesh and yield myself and not be selfish. So I'm accredited in Christ Jesus, watch this, so we can do the good things that he has planned for from the foundation of the world. Now this, this is, I don't understand this. If you ask this question, I don't understand this question fully. But somehow God knew the day on, on April the 26th, 1977, I took my first breath. He also knew the day that I would take my last breath, and he knows all in between. And at the end of the day, God took my foolish decisions, stupid decisions, sinful decisions, good decisions, my success, my failures, and all in between. All my free will choices and his sovereignty, he saw all this and he mapped out good things for me to do. Things that he wants me to serve. Things that he wants me to do for him. And at the end of the day, when I take my last breath, God can look back and say, yeah, that's exactly how I knew it was going to happen. 
That's exactly the way I planned it. And even though he took my free will and my choices in on that, mixed with his sovereignty, it would be exactly the way that God has planned it. I don't understand that fully. I can't fathom that. But God understands that. And he created in me to do good works. And watch this, and you too. You don't have to have the microphone. You don't have to have this vocational call to full-time ministry. The moment that I got saved is the moment God called me to ministry to serve him. Some of you, the same way happened. You may be a teacher, a banker, a pipe fitter, your boiler maker. You may, you, you may be a doctor. You may be a stay-at-home mom on all in between. The moment you got saved, the moment God wanted you to serve him in some form of capacity. I know this. We see this in the scripture. But here's the problem sometimes. We complain about things. You ever complain about things? You ever complain when you come to church? No, not you guys. You got it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you never complain about nothing. The parking or, or how far you may have to walk or someone's in your seat, right? Someone's in your seat. Hey, you ne- not you guys, right? You never have to complain about that. But a lot of times we complain about things. And maybe the things that you start complaining about, listen to me, maybe the things you complain about the most is the exact place where God wants you to get in to serve. Because maybe you see something that no one else has seen. Maybe you have an idea or a solution that no one has come up with yet. And maybe the reason why you complain about that every single Sunday is because maybe God's put that in your heart. That's where you need to start serving. And that's where you need to jump in and start using the gifts and the talent that God has given you. So here's what we know from the scripture. Every believer on the planet, we know this. And everyone has the capacity. You were created to serve. Here's the second thing. Ready? You were saved to serve. Write this down. I am saved to serve. Like, God did not just save me for me to go to heaven, right? Because that's what we think. Like, if God, only reason why he saved you was to take you to heaven, then the moment you got saved, he should have zapped you and took you to heaven. And you notice that God left you here. Now, I need to leave you here, but this morning you woke up and you're breathing, which means he still has a purpose and plan. And in that purpose and plan, he wants you to use your gifts and your talents to serve the body, serve him, to serve him. You were saved to serve. Paul writes to young Timothy this, for God saved us and called us. Kaleo called us to live a holy life. That means to be a different life, a set-apart life. We're to look different than the world. He did this not because we deserve it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve salvation. He did this because it was his plan before the beginning of time to show us salvation and mercy and grace through his son Jesus. So Paul recognized that God saved him to live a separate life and a holy life and to serve him says this in Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, he's talking to you and he's talking to me. Ah, a prisoner for why? For serving. He's in jail for serving. I don't know if you know this stuff, but do we have Christians all over the world being martyred for serving Christ? All over the world. Here it's a little bit more comfortable. Honestly, there they could come a day in my lifetime that I could be arrested for standing in our own country that we are in today for preaching this truth because someone may think it's a hate crime because of what God says and you speak a word. Someone may say, no, that's not how our society is run now. Folks, it's happened in Europe. It's happened in Canada. It's just a matter of time before men and women of God who stand up and they proclaim God's word can face backlash. It is coming. It's coming. Please hear me. It is coming. And we sometimes as Americans, we're so numb to what's going on in the rest of the world. We have people in China and underground church this morning. They're in underground hiding. And and listen, they just love if someone could rip out a piece of sheet of the Bible and give them to read and pass around. And we have 10 on our shelves collecting dust. We don't get it. 
Paul gets it. He goes, I'm in chains for serving Jesus. I've been arrested because I serve Jesus. So here's what he says. I beg you to lead a life worthy of the kaleo, of the calling that you have been called by God. I love this word call because a lot of times you think people call it a ministry. You may think of a pastor. You make a thumb, somebody's on staff. We're all called the ministry. Every single one of us are called the ministry. No matter what you do for your profession, you are called to ministry. And he called you the moment he saved you because he saved you to serve him. That word call means, <clears throat> it means to be invited on a journey and to be called by name. Now I want you to think about that. On, 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 on September 2nd, 1997, I was standing there and God called me, Kaleo. He called me, Daniel, I want you to go on this journey with me. Daniel, I want you to repent of your sin and turn. God called me and therefore I responded to the gospel. But that calling was a calling to serve him for the rest of my life, no matter what my profession or my paycheck may be. And the same goes for every single believer. We are saved to serve. Here's the third one. I am gifted to serve. How many of you like gifts? Get your hand up. Come on, get your hands up. You like gifts? Get your hands up. Some of you got two hands up. Some of you got your hand and your foot up, right? I mean, you're like, you love gifts. When the moment you were saved, God gave you a gift. And he gifted you to use that gift to serve. Now, a lot of times there's some back and forth. What is my talent my gift? Because people are born with talent, but they don't use it for God's glory. So there's a difference between a talent and a gift. What's a gift and a talent? Because I might be good at this, but is that the gift that God wants to use to serve his body? How does God want to use that and reconcile that gift? Listen to what Peter writes here, 1 Peter 4. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Everyone has a gift. You know what the sad thing is? Most people go to their grave not knowing what their gift is. I don't know what God gifted me. I just know I'm saved, man, heaven bound, that's good. But God gave you a gift, and that gift is not for you. That gift is for you to serve one another and to serve other people. But you know what I figured out in the church world especially? Is that we want somebody else's gift. <laughs> Ever notice that? Like we want that gift. Like, man, I wish I could lead worship like Caleb. Or I, I wish I could, I wish I could uh, communicate in a kid's ministry like her. I wish I was so spunky and energetic out there on roller skates and roller blades telling first-time guests where to park. I don't know if we have that, but if we do, that would be awesome. Right? We, can, we, we, we want somebody else's gift. Oh, I know I have, but man, I wish I could do that. Oh, I wish I was like them. I wish I could speak like that. I wish I could, I wish I could like communicate like her. I wish I could draw like them. I wish I was artistic like that. I wish I had that gift. I wish I could get up on stage. I wish this. See, why don't you look and see the gift that God has given you because he's given you a gift. And here's the crazy thing. We all don't have all the same gifts. Some of us have gifts. Some at least have one gift. Some of us have multiple gifts. God in his sovereignty says, you know, I'm going to give you multiple gifts and use you in crazy ways. So I know that he called me. I know that I've been saved to serve him. I know he created me to serve him. And I know he has gifted me to serve him. So here's the question, why am I not serving him? Why am I not using the gifts he's given me? Especially in the body of Christ. But here's the big one. Now, here's one of the big ones. I want to I I camp on this one just for a moment. Not only did he create me and, and call me and save me and give me gifts to serve, but here's the big one. He's commanded me to serve. This is not even a suggestion. This is a commandment. And this is not, you're sitting there saying, Pastor, you're just trying to get me to serve. Listen to me. This could change your life. Not just in the house of God, 
Listen to me. Let me tell you how to get rid of your marital counselor. Start serving your wife and start serving your husband. Humble yourself. I got two words. If you have marital problems, ready? It fixes, I'm telling you, most 99.99% of the time, this fixes marital problems. Ready? Here it is. You might want to write this down. Grow up. Quit acting like you're in high school again, like a teenager again, or, or middle school. Grow up. Really, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm seeing it over and over. They're selfish. They want what he wants, what she wants, she wants this way. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with this. Start serving each other. Humble yourself and put each other first. I'm telling you what, it'll save you a lot of money. At the divorce courts and at the counselor's office. I'm not saying you don't need a counselor. We all need to talk to people every now and then in our life. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you, serving, not just talking about the house of God. Start serving each other at home and see if your marriages don't change. Go to your workplace and start serving the people around you. Start serving your boss, serving your coworkers. I don't care if they have a title, if they're over you. Start serving sideways, upways, and downways. Start serving the people around you. No one wants somebody to walk in a workplace wanting to be served. You're not going to last long there. And everybody's going to know it. They're not going to like you. It's just how it goes. But if you go and start serving people in your workplace, you could change your workplace. You could change your marriage. I'm telling you, you could change that. Listen to what he says. Let's keep reading in 1 Peter. He says this. God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. And this way he says, use them to serve one another. To serve one another in the body of Christ. To serve one another in the family of God. You are called to serve one another. Now here's our time. But I don't want to serve. Go tell that to Jesus who hung naked for you on the cross. Who left being worshipped 24-7, came to this playground we call planet Earth and died for you. But I want to serve. You have been commanded to serve. You're like, man, that's kind of tough, man. That's, that's, that's hard. That's called following Jesus, which is the mission of our church. Which is what he's called us to do. Is to equip the saints, the body of Christ, to serve the church. And to serve one another. So we may come up and say, hey, we need you to shift this classroom. I don't want to shift that classroom. It ain't about you. Hey, we need you to stand at this door. We need you to, we're going to change some things at all time. We want to start parking people. And we want you to be all the way down at the Walmart with the laser, laser beam because Star Wars is coming on December the 20th, 2019. Pre-order your tickets for your pastor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs> you have a lightsaber. If that's what you need me, let's go. Right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's like, and if you don't need me, I don't show up till you need me. Or maybe you're on the creative team or, or the worship team. Like, if I'm not in the rotation to see next week, then I'm not going to come to church. What? Like, you're going to wait until we need you to start serving? Let's go. Let's make this happen. You have been commanded to serve. In fact, I want to encourage you. Do the job that no one wants to do, and then God may give you the job that everyone wants to do. Start serving in any capacity that you need. Let me give you an example. From the beginning of our church, we've been all about reaching young families and having an unbelievable kids ministry. We have a crazy, awesome kids ministry. On an average Sunday, we have over 300 plus people, 300 plus kids every single Sunday. That's insane. That's insane. We have 125 team members that serve between both campuses in our kids ministry. 125. The average church in America is 78 in attendance. From all denominations, 78 in attendance. We have more team members serving just in our kids' ministry than the average church in all the United States. This is crazy. But here's what I want you to know. Out of the 125 team members that serve at both of our campuses, 
only 10 of them are men. That's a problem. That's a major, major problem. We need men serving in our kids' ministry. Now. And let me tell you why. We have a generation, and it's been two generations, of kids raising up with no fathers, no dad to come to church with them, no dad to worship with them. It's not nothing against you, ladies. I'm just talking to the men in the house. We need you to start serving in the kids' ministry. Not for you, but for them. Now, I'm thinking about in Grayson, we have Dr. William Murphy. He serves in our kids' ministry there in our Grayson campus. I looked here and said, let's look at our Moorhead campus. We have Nathaniel. We have Dr. Willie Lewis, Chris Robinson, Tristan Condov, Dustin Howe, Jeff Dameron. We have Matt Mofield, Doug Vogt, and Dr. Chad Krause. The 10 men, now we have middle school and high school student guys, but I'm talking about men serving. We need men in our kids' ministry now. So these kids can see godly men who love Jesus. When their dads stay home this morning in their bed, or they don't have a dad whatsoever at all, who love Jesus and worship Jesus every Sunday, they need you. If I wasn't the pastor of this church, if I was not on staff at this church, but this was my church, you would find me in kids' ministry all day, every day. Because I know what it's like to be raised up not having a dad in my life. And I want to make sure every single kid can have someone who loves Jesus and has fun and, and hang out with them. Yes, you may have to take some medicine after leaving. That's okay. <laughs> I am not allowed to write prescriptions, but we have several doctors in our church that will love to meet with you. But listen, it's worth it. It's worth it to be exhausted. You may have to nap the rest of the day. It's worth it because, listen to me, they need to see men loving Jesus and leading in our kids' ministry. And don't hide behind, well, I'm just like, I, don't, I just don't like kids. Yeah, and I don't like sometimes doing things either. But it's not about me. It's about how can I serve other people and how can I serve them? Maybe you can't be here on Sunday to serve. Listen to me. We need men in our youth ministry. And every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, Pastor Jacob, he preaches. And we have 130, 40 middle school and high school students in the same boat who don't have a dad who loved Jesus and worship Jesus. And maybe you can come and say, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to hang out with middle school and high school students. Maybe you don't. Just go out there with them. When they start throwing a frisbee, throw a frisbee. They play cornhole, play cornhole. When they shoot basketball, listen, we know that you just can't play, but you can rebound and throw it to them. It's okay. It's all right. We'll help you out, you know. Whatever, mate. Maybe you can hold the door. We have, we have all the middle school and high school guys, so we have two men, two people who will lead a group after the service is over and just talk about what's going on in their life. We need men like that. Maybe you're a young married couple and you haven't had kids yet. This will be great birth control. Come. <laughs> Come. I'm serious. Because you know what it's like when somebody ministers to you. If you had a youth ministry, you say, right, they need me. Listen, I can get off work, grab something, and I'll be there. It's just a Wednesday night. Listen, they need it. And that's what I'm talking about when we serve the body of Christ. The problem with this entitlement mentality, I want the church to serve me. We're here to, as the Christians to serve the world, to serve Jesus through the local church. I'm telling you what, and there's nothing better than invest in the generation that comes in front of us. So is it going to be about you or is it going to be about others? And one thing about it, you can't fake serving. You either serve or you don't. You can fake spirituality. You can have all these big fancy theological words and you can talk the talk. 
But you even serve or you don't serve. And let me just take a commercial break real quick. You don't have to raise your hand. Of course, some of you like for me to ask you to raise your hand if you're single. But if you're single, don't raise your hand. Because if you are, then you get to look over who does it. You know, that's okay. But listen to me. Listen to me, single people. Listen to me. I would never, ever, ever date anybody who is not serving in a local church. Will you hear me, single people? Because if they can't serve in God's house, they will not serve in your house. So if you're single and you're trying to find me, listen, jump in and start serving. And get around people who may be single, who may be serving. I'm telling you, you want to find that posture in someone who begins to serve. And see how they humble themselves to serve other people. That is a great characteristic to take with you in marriage. Can I get a witness, married couples? I see someone out there, honey, he's talking to you. I don't have no problem. I, have no, I don't know how to fix your elbow issues, so y'all just work through that. Here's the last one. Now, I've been commanded, and this is just reality. My church family needs me to serve. Your church family needs you to serve. And I know what it's like when you walk into this place, and I'm telling you what, we have amazing team members. And you'll sit here every Sunday, and you're like, oh my gosh, they don't need me. Parking was awesome. They assault you with the love of Jesus when you walk in the door. It's amazing. They put this sticker on the back of my kid. I'm so grateful just to hand them over my kid. And some people said, when do you start doing the sticker thing? From day one, 12 years ago. I took my family to Chuck E. Cheese before we launched the church. And we were having fun, and we were goofing off, and, and they put something on my hand, and I was okay, and we're going, and I was trying to walk out, and it's like, no, 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 come here. And they took this black light, and they measured, and they monitored to see if the number on my hand matched up with my kid. I'm like, look, they look just like me. <laughs> I'm talking about is my kid. And I had this thought. If Chuck E. Cheese cares that much about my kid, the local church should care more about my kid. And from day one, before we even launched the church, we said, you know what? We're going to make sure that we're going to be safe, have safety for our children. Because that means a lot to parents. Your church needs you. Your church wants you to jump in and serve. I know you're like, well, they, they, don't, they don't need nobody. Like, look, I mean, look at me. They got a great worship team. No, we're short on musicians at both campuses. Can you play a guitar? Can you play the keys? Can you play the drums? We need you. What are you waiting on? Use that gift. Start serving. We need musicians. So don't sit there and go, well, I, I guess I'm too old. No. We'll put a hat on you, turn around backwards, cover your gray, rock it out, baby. Let's go. <laughs> what do you mean? Let's go. We'll find the place to use your gift. Your church needs you. Paul writes this. It's a beautiful picture. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, our bodies have many parts. God has put each part just where it is. He put my heart where it needs to go, my lungs, my liver, my kidneys. He put everything the way it needs to go. How strange a body would be. It's kind of funny. See, nobody really sees a human here. If we're just one part. Imagine if your body's like just a big ear. You're just nobody ear. Wouldn't that be funny? That's, that's why he's saying it. That's hilarious. That's funny. That's, that's, Paul writes this. Yes, there are many parts, but there's only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand 
The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. Because my body can't work and function properly without all my parts. So then he goes back down to 27. He says, all of you are the body. Together, you're Christ's body. You're the church. And each of you, don't miss this, each of you are part of it. Let's just face it. For most of you who are here and, and at our Grayson campus, this is your home church. This is where when you attend once every three weeks or once every two weeks or once a month, this is the church you attend. This is your family. You're part of it. And you've been commanded by God, watch this, to serve your church. Look at the person beside you says, we need you. Tell them we need you. We need you. Because we have some problems. And so I'm going to share with you some problems we have here at Better Life Church. These are good problems, but the problems. For instance, we, we don't have enough parking. We don't have enough parking for all the people showing up, not only here, but also at the Grayson campus. We don't have enough parking. You know, if, you might not be familiar with this stuff, but if you brought a church growth consultant in, in any church in the world, the first thing they're going to look at is your parking. Because if you don't have enough parking, that's a chokehold, and you can never outgrow what, what your parking is. Did you know that? So number one church growth strategy, add parking. That's why a lot of churches get landlocked, especially if you're inner city in your places, you get landlocked and you can't increase your parking. If you can't increase your parking, you will not grow. We are out of parking, have been out of parking almost since day one. We're out of kid space, both locations. We are out of kid space. Great problems. Y'all keep making babies. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. It's what we're here for. We want to raise up the next generation. But the reality is we don't have enough kid space. We're trying to get creative on our kid space. Both campuses. Listen. Do you know on Labor Day weekend, we had 94 kids at our Grayson campus? 94 kids. Do you know what took Moorhead campus five years before we had 90-some kids? They're only eight months old. Out of space. Good problem, but it is a problem. Not enough parking, not enough kid space. Here's another one. We don't have enough serving, people serving. That's a problem. Because the backbone here, yes, this church is built on Jesus. I'm going to try to, not that I'm, it's all about Jesus. Y'all know that. There will never be a Sunday that you show up that we don't talk about Jesus. The day that we don't talk about Jesus, you don't have to come back. We're always going to talk about Jesus. It's his church. He will build his church. We know that. The structure here at Better Life Church, it's not staff. It's the team members. It's the foundation. We can only grow to the capacity of those who serve. And the more people who serve, the more opportunities we have to reach more people because it becomes the foundation. And the bigger that foundation, then we can grow on based on how many people will serve. Our, our, our structure and our frame, that's why we need you. We need you to serve. If God brought more people every single week over and over and over, we're, we don't have a place to put them. Good problem. Still, it's a problem. And we have to figure this out. So I have a few solutions I want to share with you real quick. A few solutions. Number one, at both campuses, we could put a sign out at front and says, we're full, go to hell. We could do that. I don't know about you, on my watch, we're not going to do that. But if we don't make changes, that's, just, that's basically what we're saying to our community is that we're full, we're not going to make room for you, therefore, go. That's not how we roll at Better Life Church. 
Another solution is that we could add on. We could add on. Like we've been in this building two years, already outgrown in the kids space. We could add on kids space. Well, we have a problem. One, we don't have the capital for that. But even if we had the capital to pay cash and add on to a million dollar project to add on for kids space, we're still one year away from having the space that we need for kids. Still a problem, even if we broke ground now. We're nine months out to a year before we could even use the spot. A problem, but it's still a problem. Or maybe we can add another service. We can add another service on Sunday morning. We can add a third service on Sunday morning. That's a possibility. We could do that. We could get creative and say, you know what? We're not going to add a service on Sunday morning. We're going to add two on Sunday night. Think about that. We can do one at 5 o'clock and 6.30. You know what that means? You pick your kids up from school on Friday, hit the campground, go camp all week, pull back in at 4 o'clock. You smell like marshmallows and burnt hot dogs, but it's okay. We welcome you. You can catch church on Sunday evening. You serve one, attend one. College students at KCU and MSU, they would flood back to come back on a Sunday evening to have one and bring all their friends. I mean, we, we, could, we could do that. I can see somebody right now going, oh my gosh, I hope they do that. I want to be at the Sunday evening service. I get to sleep in, go to the lake all day on Sunday. Woo! I don't know. But we got to get creative. But here's the problem. Would you like to see that happen? We don't have enough team members. I got a 1,500 plus people that come every single week. We don't have enough. We don't have a structure to continue to add those. So we decided to say, what's the next step we could take? We're all about taking next steps at Bear Life Church. So what's the next step? What's the next easiest step to take? And so what we did when we started running our numbers, 1130 is full. Like kids space max like 100% almost every Sunday. 100% capacity, 100% capacity. But the first service isn't as full. So how do we shift families to the first service from the second service? So what we decided to do is we're going to shift the first service time, Grayson, you're already on this schedule. But here at the Mori campus, we're going to go from 9.30 and we're going to shift the service up to 10. You're going to get to sleep in 30 more minutes on Sunday mornings. Can I get a witness or a hallelujah or a praise Jesus to anybody? And you say, why would you do that? Let me tell you why we would do this. Let me tell you why we do this. In our culture, on Sunday morning, around 11 o'clock, it's church. That's just the culture we live in. Somebody wakes up this morning from a hangover and goes, you know what? I got to get my life right to Jesus. I got to find a church. They know somewhere between all the way from Ashland to Mount Sterling, all in between, somewhere there's a church around 11 o'clock happening. I'm going to go. It's just our culture. So we had to have empty seats at optimal times. We had five services here at the Morehead campus on Easter. This past Easter, we had 3,200 people between nine services between two campuses. That's insane. We had 2,700 people come to the Morehead campus. Five services, Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday. The 11.30 was the largest one, and almost every one of our salvations came at the 11.30. Why? Because that's the one lost people show up to. We got to be aware of that, and we got to have empty seats and space for them when they show up. Because it's not about us. It's about serving our community. So the thought there, if we go up to 10, you get to sleep in 30 more minutes on Sunday. Most of you, it's the only day you have off or to get to sleep in. There you go. You're welcome. But here's the big thing about it. The families that go to 11.30 will pull back down and come start coming to the 10. We did a poll with our families that said, hey, just a thought, if service was at 10, would that be something you'd attend to? Yes, they said we would shift our families to the 10 o'clock because our kids finally up, we could get there to go. Awesome, you know what that does? That creates space 
at the optimal time, which is 1130 for families. And so we try to do that. We also shrink the time in between services. Instead of being an hour between services, now there's a 30 minutes. Now I know that's like, oh my gosh, turn around. Here's what that means. That means you got to high five each other, bump people, and then like zip the doodah. You know what I'm saying? Because we got a lot of them. We got to turn the parking lot over. No fender benders. No road rage. This is Jesus here. Both, all fingers up when you wave. Okay? If not, please take the sticker off the back of your window. I see you. But we got to create space, and this is the next step to get us positioned as we add a service on Sunday morning, maybe. We knew that, but we don't have enough teamers to make that happen. And when we get fully funded with the teams that we need, then we can start looking, do we add a service on Sunday morning? Do we go back and do two on Sunday evening? And that just becomes a new norm for your culture and your family. You know what, man, I'm going to sleep in, hang out, and I'm going to come to church on Sunday. I don't know yet. We're just trying to figure this out. But I want to let you know, we have problems, great problems, but they're still the problems. And one of the solutions of moving forward, if we want to continue to reach more people, it's going to take more of us to serve. And there's enough people that God has in both of our campuses that he wants to use to change the world. So I also want to go on and say this, next Sunday, just real quick commercial break. For every one of you have people in your family that don't know Jesus, like your family member, your husband, your spouse, or your your kid or your coworker, your fraternity brother, sorority sister, your coach, your classmates, roommates, whoever. Next Sunday, I'm gonna talk about we worship God by responding to the gospel, giving our life to him. And next week, man, I'm gonna share the gospel. Straight share the gospel. And then I'm gonna give your family member an opportunity to respond or your friend an opportunity to respond. I can't get them here, but I will communicate the gospel. Would you make sure that you invite them, bring them, not just shoot them an invite, bring them because I'm gonna share the gospel. And we're going to pray that God opens their eyes and that your friend and your family member, the people you've been praying for, give their life to Jesus. You just got to get them to a place here where we can hear, they can hear the gospel. And we're going to pray God to change their life. Now, I know today a lot of you, you're in church. And I'm glad you're here. But if you're in church, you're going to be in serving in some form of fashion. So here's what I'm going to do real quick. I want everybody to grab your phone. Everybody take your phone out. This is easy. This is easy. If you had an iPhone 11, it would do it for you, but it's pre-ordered right now, but this is easy. Some of you don't care about that. It's okay. iPhone, get your phone. I want you to go to your text message. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text the word worship to 797979. Say, you know what? I want to serve, but I don't know where I'm going to serve. You don't have to know where you're going to serve yet. Don't put me with kids. I'm not going to put you yet with kids. Just hang tight. Hang tight. If you're not serving, in some form of capacity between both of our campuses, here's what you do. Just text the word worship, 7979, and we're going to send you what your next step is. Maybe you're like, man, listen, I work every other weekend. We have several people that work every other weekend, but the weekend they're off, they work. They work. They come in and they serve. That's awesome. That's okay. It's okay. Hey, man, listen, I am travel a lot, and I don't know if I'm in and out, and sometimes I travel. Don't let that be an excuse for you if you're on a call and you got to be gone on that Sunday. But the Sunday you're here, bam, boom, where can you jump in? Where can you serve? There are some places that you need to be consistent, and there's some, you know what? If there's a fluctuation, we'll work with you. Come on, that's just life. But here's what you say. You know what? Especially if you're a family and you have young kids or your kids are still in school, high school, middle school, and elementary school, please serve serve together there's nothing like when my wife she comes on and says I love serving with my kids in the kids ministry 
Both of my boys want to serve in the kids' ministry. They're going to go serve the next service in the kids' ministry. They love it. They think it's awesome. They get to serve as a family. If I wasn't preaching, if I wasn't on staff, I'd be right there with my kids serving in the kids' ministry. Serve as a family. There's nothing greater you can display to your kids to say, Mom and Dad love Jesus. We want to serve the family of God. Serve. This is the way for you to do this. I love this. I'll close with this. John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve must follow me. That's the mission of our church. Help you follow Jesus. If anyone wants to serve, he must follow me. Because my servants must be where I am. Which means if I'm walking with Jesus, I'm serving. And my Father or the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Come on. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. We'll find you a place. My schedule's inconsistent. We'll work around it. We just want you to serve. Your family needs you. The church of God needs you to be part of this movement. I'm going to ask if you would just to bow your head just for a moment. I know what somebody's saying. Hey, man, you're just trying to get me to serve. Absolutely. Because you've been commanded. And the reality is this. But that, that means i got to give maybe an hour up or i got to show up. Listen, we shrunk the time where you're going to have to be here. Starting in October, we're going to start being at 10 here at the Moria campus. At 11.30, we're going to shrink the time between the services. You're not going to be here as long. Get to sleep in 30 more minutes. Yes, come on, let's go. We're doing everything we can to help you, thinking about you and your family to serve. Let's make it happen. Because the reality is, really, honestly, I owe Jesus everything. He gave his life for me. I owe everything to him, especially my service. Especially my service. And you may be here. And you don't have to wait till next week before we share the gospel. Maybe today you realize that you really don't have a relationship with Jesus. And if you're going to follow him, you need to know him. Today's a great day to give your life to Jesus. Right where you could say, you could say, Father, forgive me of my sin. I believe you came for me and you died for me and you got up out of the grave for me. And today, as best as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Listen, if that's you at both of our locations, go out to the Next Step area. We have some resources. We want to welcome you to the family of God. Text worship to 797979. Say, you know what? I don't, he saved me today. He called me today to serve. He died for me. I'm going to give my life to him. No matter if I'm a stay-at-home mom, a school teacher, a banker, a pipe fitter, doesn't matter. A farmer, doesn't matter. A carpenter, doesn't matter. You're called to serve him and the body. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your commands in the scripture that's still relevant today. God, we have problems. This is your church. You said you would build your church. You're the leader, Father. We lean into you, asking for wisdom and discernment. How do we continue to reach our communities and continue to grow? The answer is yes, whatever you want us to do. We're here to serve in any form of capacity that you have us and allow us to do. Father, we can't wait to see what you're going to do today. We can't wait to see with everyone who signed up and says, you know what, count on me. We'll find a place. You can, we'll figure it out. God, I pray today begins that movement again. As your people begin to serve you, they begin to worship you by serving you. God, we can't wait to see what you're going to do. It's in your name we ask him and pray. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps to stay connected throughout the week 
download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you would like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church/givenow. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.